Joining us now from Tel Aviv himself, the IDF spokesman, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner. Colonel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want your perspective. How did this incident happen? It's an awful incident, as the entire world is now seeing. Why did IDF forces, first of all, open fire on hungry Palestinian civilians simply in desperate need of food? What we have to understand, first of all, that the reality is quite different. The IDF coordinated access for humanitarian goods that are in dire need in the northern Gaza Strip. This is precisely the convoy that went in, over 30 trucks, and indeed, this is the, the, the activities that we've been conducting over the last week or so in order to get more goods into the northern Gaza Strip for the needs of the people up there in, in northern Gaza. In the early hours of this morning, we understand that the, the convoy passed through the Israeli positions uh, and continued to move forward and continued to move north. Um, as they move forward, a amount of people, um, a huge amount of people, as we clearly shared in the visuals that we distributed, um, stormed the, and stampeded the, the truckloads. As they climbed upon, they were pushing, they were shoving, people were trampled and also run over, as uh, Jeremy Diamond rightly pointed out. And, and this is the, the, the reality of the, the mass casualty event that transpired afterwards. Um, in a separate event at a different location, further, further south, um, out uh, away from the convoy, indeed, as Jeremy rightly pointed out, um, uh, people approached the forces that, first of all, fired warning shots in the air. And we have to keep in mind, this is a combat zone, and our forces are confronted with explosive devices that Hamas terrorists have attached to the tanks, RPGs, weapons, all different types of attacks. So when people uh, that are perceived as a threat continue to move forward towards the forces, despite the warning shots, the threat is still perceived. And indeed, there's a handful of people that have been killed in this incident uh, or wounded that we're not uh, entirely certain of, of the figure, but it's a tragedy that is developing. We are operating in order to maintain operational activity in combat, our combat on one hand, and maintain the ongoing flow of humanitarian goods, humanitarian supplies on the other. Let me interrupt you for a moment, uh, Colonel, because as you heard, eyewitnesses on the scene, they strongly dispute the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces account, the account you're pre presenting right now. They say the Israeli military opened fire first on people near the trucks, causing them to panic and the truck drivers to simply drive away. What evidence, if any, do you have, Colonel, to support the IDF account? Uh, we distributed um, extensive video footage sharing um, the process and the movement of the trucks as they were moving forward, as they continued to go, as they plowed through some of the people. Nothing to do with our forces at this time. Um, of course, I will say we're continuing to investigate, continuing to inquire in our after-actions activities. This is continuing. Uh, we're continuing to look into it. But this is the facts. This is what we know at this time. Because the drone video that you released, and we've been showing it to our viewers here in the United States and indeed around the world, doesn't show trucks driving into the crowds. It also doesn't show Israeli forces open, opening fire. Do you have other video, Colonel, of those incidents? And if you do, will you release that video? So I've been following CNN quite extensively. Unfortunately, you're only showing a small fraction of the video footage uh, that, we've sh that we've shared. Um, you know, there are a couple of minutes there and you see the trucks moving and the people swarming the truckloads, stampeding, trying to take the goods um, and loot the goods off of the trucks that the humanitarian assistance, it's international assistance that was being supplied in the northern areas of uh, uh, the Gaza Strip 
um, precisely for the for the requirements and the needs of the people. Unfortunately, this is a situation that we are facing and we are um, understanding that, that there is a dire situation. The humanitarian aid needs to arrive in its place. Um, and you know, the, the reality is, as we push forward, that we will continue to coordinate and facilitate the access of humanitarian goods. Those trucks that were bringing in this desperately needed food, Colonel, where, where were they from? Were these UN trucks? Uh, what kind of trucks were providing this, this food for the folks in Gaza? Um, the understanding and the information that I have at hand is that was international aid uh, by governments that was supplied and that came on in private truckloads to move north. Um, I've also received in the last few minutes one report that actually um, gunmen within, within the northern Gaza Strip opened fire and killed one of the drivers, actually. So we're still investigating. There's still more information coming in. We'll keep you posted and we'll make announcements accordingly. The U.N. says more than half a million people in Gaza right now, and I'm quoting now from this U.N. statement, these people are, quote, one step away from famine, half a million people. Critics have accused Israel, as you know, of using hunger as a weapon of war. Colonel, how do you respond to that charge? We need to do everything in order to alleviate the humanitarian situation. The IDF is coordinating with the international players, with governments, there are uh, access points from Rafah and from Kerem Shalom, where hundreds of truckloads of, of supplies are coming in every single day. They need to be distributed. They need to reach the people that are in dire need. And I would add, we're also coordinating airdrops from the sky, whether it's from um, different governments. And I also heard that this morning, uh, I saw that there are the US and Canada are also considering that. I'm sure that we can facilitate more access. There is no limit on the amount of humanitarian aid and supplies that get, can get into Gaza. We are facilitating that and coordinating that. We have been almost for five months. We need to get the aid to the people that actually need it. This uh, really horrible incident today comes as the Palestinian Health Ministry now says more than 30,000 people have been killed in Gaza, the majority of whom are women and children. So here's the question. Why is Israel not doing more to limit these casualties? Um, so let's correct ourselves just one second there. It's the... Hamas Ministry of Health. I wouldn't trust the ISIS Ministry of Health. I wouldn't trust the Al-Qaeda Ministry of Health. I don't trust the Hamas Ministry of Health. In this war, we've killed up to now over 12,000 terrorists, uh, Hamas terrorists, Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorists in combat or in precision strikes. Indeed, it is a deep tragedy that civilians are caught up in this war. It's a war Israel never asked for. It was a war Israel was surprised from on the 7th of October when Hamas decided to launch a war against Israel, attacking, killing, murdering, massacring, and abducting um, 240 Israelis and foreign nationals into Gaza. There are still 134 Israelis uh, being held by Hamas. This war can end today. Hamas can let them go and unconditionally surrender, and there will be no more need for war. But there is one very, very clear thing that everybody agrees upon. Hamas have to go, the paradigm has to change, for the safety and security for all decent people in this region. You probably saw the report. Uh, CNN investigated an incident back in early January, Colonel, in which the IDF said they were attacking militants in central Gaza. But experts tell CNN, tell us, you used a 2,000-pound bomb and that half of the uh, Abu Jiba family was killed by the shockwave alone. The family says they were never warmed. Why did the IDF feel it was appropriate to use this level of military force? 
So as we rightly said in our response to the inquiries of CNN, uh, the IDF conducted a, a, a strike against an enemy target. There was a lot, uh, watching the report, there was a lot of supposition and uh, um, uh, not fact-based uh, analysis, which is unfortunate. I would say Hamas have weaponized the civilian arena to an extent where they have no regard for is civilian lives, Israelis or Palestinian. And so when we are going over to Hamas after Hamas's leadership, and when they're hiding in the civilian arena, there are civilian consequences. But we need to do everything we can to evacuate people from harm's way. We've called on evacuation areas. We've directed people out of harm's way. We have indeed, and throughout the course of this war, CNN has covered extensively the, the, the vast tunnel network. I remember, Wolf, in two, 2014, when you had access to the tunnels. This is an industry of terror and hate. It has to go. It has to end. The people, Israelis and Palestinians, are paying a too dear a price because of this failed leadership of Hamas. Is Israel, is Israel going to continue to use those 2,000-pound bombs? Israel uses the munitions that are uh, pr both precision and guided, but also based on the need of the military necessity. That is primary in, our, in all of our activities. We base, base our munitions without specifying what munitions we use, specifically based on the military necessity and the uh, uh, goal we are trying to achieve in the specific strike. So, of course, we will utilize the tools in order to, in, within the realm of laws of armed conflict, based on distinction, based on precaution, but also based on military necessity, Wolf. Colonel Peter Lerner of the IDF, thank you so much for joining us.